Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello. It's the 23rd of June, 2022 for the record. This is the COB. All the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets and finance. I'm Nadine Blaney and I am joined by... Kyle Rodder in what has been an interesting topsy-turvy, perhaps lackluster day slightly, but I'm sure many people would take lackluster over what we had last yeah. week. So, you know, Good point. maybe boring is beautiful. Yeah, I, that's come up a couple times lately, boring being beautiful. Hey, um, look... It's a pretty quiet, I mean, could we call it a cautious session? Um, you know, if you look at the sectors that performed, we saw staples, healthcare, REITs, tech actually did pretty well today, up by one and a half percent. Pretty mixed performance on Wall Street from tech to sort of set the scene. But uh, bonds, we saw the 10 year Aussie yields really, you know, falling. So, what do you put that down to? Well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it was a quiet Asian session, right? So it's all just sort of the Wall Street lead that kind of um, dictated trade for most of the day. And that testimony from Jay Powell and drop the R word, which um, is a bit of a faux pas for central bankers, I think, um, in regards to what they're trying to do. Obviously said it wasn't a high likelihood, you, you know, they're inflation fighting and they think they can land a soft landing. Um, but everyone is really concerned about um, discounting the probabilities of a recession, mostly in the United States, but globally as well. So... Again, saw that sort of drop at the back end of the yield curve in the US, fed through into Australia. Those kind of long-duration stocks tended to outperform today, kind of like you alluded to before. And the areas of the market that underperformed and quite considerably were obviously the commodity players, so energy and materials were the only sectors lower for the session. So just global growth concerns. Yeah, and we uh, continue to see the pressure come through in terms of oil through the Asian session today. But I, I'm going down the rabbit hole of focusing on the negative. I think we <laughs> should uh, you know, talk about that three-tenths of a percent lift for the S&P ASX 200. We'll take it to your point, uh, considering what we've seen as of late. Uh, look, when we talk about some of the best and worst performers on the day, and this is in terms of uh, percentage change, I suppose you should uh, consider the likes of, of Blackmore's, of Square, of Goodman Group, all up around sort of 45 to 5%. And, but on the flip side of things, we had Lake Resources tumbling, yet another 17%. So it was included in the 200 on the day it was, I think it was the day it was, it had its managing director step down and sell a bunch of shares. It, like, not, good, not a good look. <laughs> no, that's not a great sign. And then just before market closed today, uh, it issued some sort of uh, announcement to the ASX saying that meetings with potential COMD candidates will be pro- progressed. It's saying that there's no change in the progress development of its projects in Argentina to meet the rising demand in the U.S. And so, look, it's it's doing its best to sort of, um, I guess, regain some of its footing, but uh, pretty dire days for Lake Resources. And um, I have to say, too, we yeah. actually spoke, at the end of the day today, we had Claude Walker from A Rich Life on, and he was talking about themes, and one of them was 
along those lines. So he had a bit of a story to tell about what um, what has happened there. So tune into that one if you want to get into the um, nitty gritty detail of what is a bit of a head scratcher as to what the MD did there. And what, oh what's well, the I love a tease, Kyle. Mm. I don't know if you know that about me, but so yeah, that that <laughs> interview is up online. <laughs> Maybe it does at uh, osbiz.com.au. Um, but uh, broader speak, broadly speaking, we had lithium really in focus today on the call. We spoke with David Lane from Ordmanet and Gary Glover from Novus Capital to talk about lithium stocks in particular, to find out if there's more life in them, because clearly it's been, again, yet another volatile area of the market to invest in. Here's what they had to say. Longer term outlook for the sector is very, very positive. Um, we have longer term forecasts that by 2030, uh, 40% of the world's Vehicles will be EV, uh, so there's a, a big demand and a big run-up uh, over the next decade or so uh, for, for those vehicles, so therefore the demand for lithium is going to be very, very strong. Um, but as you've said, th there has to be a bit of a balance between supply and demand. Um, prices have been very, very strong recently. They're not always going to go up for forever, uh, but the medium and longer term outlook for lithium is good. This sector is trending down pretty hard at the moment, Andrew. So uh, we've got we've had sort of strong distribution, had strong selling there. So the trend has sort of tipped over there. PLS there is probably one of the strongest sort of um, stocks on the board there uh, in terms of that sector there. But you got to remember, in 2016, the stock corrected around 64% over about 11 months, and in 2018, it corrected 89% in uh, 26 months. So these sort of hot sectors, they they can get really hot. We've you know, we've seen three, four hundred thousand percent moves in the share prices. And then once they sort of cool off, you see really large declines as well. All right. So that is the view on lithium, some stocks in the space. The commodities complex is really interesting right now. It is expressing concerns about global growth, mm. um, China in particular. But uh, yeah, even if you look at the month of May in terms of commodity prices, really, though it continues to be a real you know, bellwether of 2022. Uh, there's lots of people talking about copper, you know, yeah. whether that's indicative. Um, Dr. Copper, you know, that phrase is getting its its run again. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, no, I think that's been the real change that we've seen over the last couple of days. You know, the word's gone from, you know, basically stagflation just to, to straight out recession, at least in the short term. And interestingly enough, I mean, you know, clearly we've been hung up on these supply constraints in, in a lot of these major commodities um, globally and have done for a little while. But the demand concerns seemingly manifesting in the in the price at the moment um, sort of point to a market that's that's considering the risk of a quite a precipitous downturn and, and such a downturn that demand drops off enough that these prices start to come down despite obvious supply constraints. So it kind of seems like maybe, it, you know, it could be a bit of a false dawn. You never know with these sorts of things, right? But it could be a bit of an inflection point here where markets seriously start to, to price in a slowdown and inflation stops being the concern. It just, it's just a you know straight-up growth contraction everyone freaks out about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, look, we will hear more from Jay Powell through the overnight period, we so we'll be attuned to that. If you'd like to hear more about commodities and the outlook for that, we've got an interview with Gavin Went from the Mind Life Report that's available via the show notes. So he, he goes through key commodities in detail always good value. So I encourage you to listen to that. Also, I had a chat with uh, Andrew Page, Pagey from strawman.com today on the small caps, and he really broke down balance sheets. What we need to know about multiples as small cap investors, particularly at this time, and he brought three of the babies 
Actually, two. We didn't have time for the third. I lie. <laughs> two of the babies that he believes have been thrown out with the bathwater in the sell-off in the small cap space. So, again, a little tease for you there, Kyle. Mm. And uh, tech stocks. So, again, a lot of the expression of the angst in markets has come through in terms of tech. We know that. I'm not breaking any news here. But we had a chat with Dan Ives from Wedbush Securities because there's tech and then there's tech. And he's yeah. still talking about the cloud providers and he's talking about cybersecurity providers and he provides a lot of names. So for those of you who are interested in international stocks, and I know a lot of you are interested in the U.S. equities, he gives specific names that they're still very bullish on. doesn't matter what happens with inflation, interest rates, even recession, uh, you know, because that unstoppable force, the transition to the cloud is happening and that has reverberations in terms of security and everything else. So look, it's always good value uh, to get a perspective from yeah. New York as well. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, that's the thing too, isn't it, with the tech space is, you know, we lump it all into one one sort of duration trade, which is basically just inverse to whatever's happening in the in the um, treasury market, or oh, sorry, you know, what's happening in treasury yields. Um, but there's so many good quality companies out there that we keep talking to guests about who are like, these companies aren't going away. They have a practical monopoly. Their balance sheet is stronger than some governments, you know, mm. the, the, and they're trading at huge discounts. So certainly not uh, advice saying people should go out and buy them, but certainly consider that, you know, cycles... Uh, swings and roundabouts and eventually these companies will come out the other side once interest rates go back in the other direction and yields have dropped in the last couple of days so who knows and uh look we always get quarterly updates coming uh from the united states and uh i think it's i think this is something i need to talk to guests more about so if you think about this as of friday the s p 500 was trading more than 25 percent below consensus analyst price targets um, so if you think about this, the S&P's price target has only fallen 5.4, I think 5.4% from the high. So basically all I'm saying is analysts have not yet started lowering Caught their price targets yeah. that much. I mean, yeah. we've, we've got to see that catch up in some way, shape sort or of form. a late cycle indicator when everyone just goes, oh, yeah. it's, wrong. It's, it's done. Yeah. So, yeah. so brace yourself for that. And that might uh, have reverberations in markets as well. Yeah. Um, I mentioned, sorry, I've got a bit of a dry throat today apologies to all of our listeners and to you primarily kyle um <laughs> so true. Got to, yeah um but tonight we mentioned that we continue to hear from the fed chair we get the current account and flash pmis released in the united states look i'm not going to write them off because all data is important data when you've got a data dependent fed yeah no without a doubt um and that testimony will be fascinating again because of what happened last night but Again, like everyone's talking about, like uh, the uh, this kind of downturn in the economic cycle and a poten potentially precipitous one as well. Um, so the PMIs will be fairly telling. We've had, again, I think it was the Chicago Chicago read. We certainly had the the New York Fed's manufacturing read last week that came out or the week before that came out in sort of a contractionary territory, and that was because of a drop in new orders. So it's not just supply constraints, but also demand concerns are coming through too. So these PMI figures are going to be absolutely fascinating given the context okay so as we head toward well at least at time of recording i don't know when you listen to it i, w I wish i did know i think we should include that in our subscriber right. survey yeah. but anyways ahead of the european open so we're keeping an eye on oil because we continue to see it slide base metals continue to see that slide and um, we get pmis from france from germany from the uk I already mentioned the united states and we have uk public sector borrowing numbers from may as well um so, yeah, we will keep our eye on all of that. Uh, look, I'm happy to call it a day, Kyle. Yes, very Are happy. you? Yeah, happy to call it a day, get some rest, get up tomorrow morning and do it all again. And, uh, yeah, watch those banks. I just noticed, you know, the banks did really well. CSL up by 2.3%.
today. Uh, so really big market weights coming through there. And it's on a day that we saw the S&P ASX 200 close at 6,528, a gain of three-tenths of a percent. Good stuff. Cheerio. Peace out.